Hello. Hello. Salam and good evening to you, worthy friend. Please, please come closer. Uh, too close, a little too close. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Disney Brit Radio Show with myself and a whole host of wonderful people. Thank you once again for joining us. So I suppose we better go round the table and say hello to everybody. So uh, let's start off with Kez. Hello, Kez. Hi, how are you? I'm not too bad. You had a good week? Yeah, not bad. Fortnight, really, I suppose. And Alan. Hello, Alan. You all right? How are you doing? I'm not too bad. You? Better than I was two weeks ago. Oh, Alan's like a millionaire from selling Vinylmation. <laughs> Shh, doesn't tell everyone. Doesn't tell everyone. But if you've just bought a Series One Vinylmation on eBay, you've just been ripped off. And um, no, just this week. Just has got really bad, bad flu, man flu. It's horrendous. You know, it's just got stuff streaming from everywhere. So uh, he's not with us this week. But instead, we've got an old friend who's come back to joining us. Hello, Craig. Uh, yeah, old. Friend, I'll take old. No, thank you. Just because it's your birthday this week, and I'm sure you'll get that in at some point. It is. It is my birthday this week. I didn't need to get it in because you've got it in already. In fact, (laughs) there you go. Saved you a job. You've been making cakes, so uh, ready to take to work. But good evening, anyway. Um, We've got loads of stuff for you this week. Uh, We've got some. uh, Interesting news that's come out of uh, Walt Disney World over the past couple of weeks, including. Uh, well-known coffee chain, possibly, on its way to the parks. And Craig has also had the opportunity to tour the new Fantasyland. He's eaten inside Be Our Guest, so we're going to talk to him later about his experience and what he thought of it and all of that sort of stuff. But um, I thought we'd start off this week with a piece of news that sort of uh, Disney fans have been sort of divided about, I suppose, in a way. And that is uh, that Starbucks is coming to the Disney parks. And there's quite a few people who are a little bit disgruntled about this. And I thought we'd sort of talk a little bit about um, about what we think about all of this. And certainly uh, we've had some tweets, including one uh, here, which is in light of Starbucks coming to the Main Street, uh, Walt Disney World, what is the best and worst product placement sponsorships and what would you like to see in the future? So I thought we'd answer those questions very quickly. But just to explain what's going on, Starbucks is hitting Main Street USA in Walt Disney World. uh, And basically from January 2013, you are going to find... Uh, they're going to be closing the Main Street Bakery and reopening it as a Starbucks in early summer. And then in Epcot, Fountain View is going to close in March 2013 and reopen uh, in a location midsummer as well uh, for a Starbucks. So, firstly, I'm kind of intrigued as to what people think about this Starbucks move into the parks. I've got my opinions, but I don't know whether yours is going to be the same. So, well, Alan, what, what do you think? Starbucks, yes or no? Uh, I, th- I think it's a good idea. A nice cup of coffee in a corporate mug. And a corporate mug. <laughs> okay. Kes, I don't know, it can't be to... bad, can it? Because, well, I know that when I went to, say, Disneyland Paris, they've got these really horrible sort of dispensers the for coffee. The Nescafe dispensers, so, as they were. If, if you can get a decent cup of coffee, that'll be, that'll be a bonus, won't it? Yeah. So hopefully, well, Disney World will sort themselves out. I know there's only a few places where you can get a good coffee, but... Kaz, 
coffee drinker, so I don't drink coffee in Starbucks things like that, but I think it's going to ruin Main Street. I'm really against it. Okay. Now, Craig, you reckon you've got some news that think they've changed the plans for Starbucks? Yeah, they have. I met up with some um, Len Tester over in America, who, as you know, is the owner of touringplans.com and the writer of the unofficial guide, and I was chatting to him about it because... Our view both was that actually they should put Starbucks in Tony's and uh, demolish that and leave yeah. the bakery as it was. And he had, earlier in that day that I'd met him, had been talking to Jim Hill. Yeah. And they'd been recording some of their shows, the unofficial podcast, yeah. over in Disney Hollywood Studios. And, and Jim had found out that actually Disney had changed their plans for Starbucks in the Magic Kingdom based on feedback from people or outcry from people. Um, yeah. And the main thing is that the the theming is going to remain uh, exactly the same as it is now. So the bakery is still going to be the Main Street Bakery, just featuring Starbucks. But the main thing is that all of the the bakery products were going to be Starbucks products, and now they're actually going to be still Disney products. So you can still get your massive Apple turnovers for $2.70 and things like that in there. So that's one of the changes they've done. Personally, I don't mind Starbucks coming to the thing. The coffee, the Starbucks coffee is completely different in America to it is over here. It's Mm. weak. I'd love to know what Americans are like when they come over here and go and order (laughs) their double caramel latte mochaccino and the buzzing for the next four days because it's about four <laughs> times as strong. But it's not just that, is it? I think when Disney have introduced um, partnerships in the past, it's been not brilliantly done. I think about a restaurant Asaurus in, uh, in Animal Kingdom, which just had McDonald's plastered all over it. It wasn't very subtle at all. Uh, we'd also got uh, some of the bits and pieces in the Magic Kingdom when they had the Fry Hut over in Frontierland. Didn't particularly like the look of that either. Whereas this time they're trying to be subtle about it. They're trying to incorporate it in. I don't have an issue with Star Wars coming in. I know, you know, if Just was here, he will no doubt be barking on about the fact that they haven't paid tax in the UK for goodness knows how long. Because I know he did when we did it. On, I talked about it on uh, Iron Orlando. But um, it was just quite interesting that it's caused such a divide. And the other thing, sort of, one of the questions that someone came up with was this, you know, what are some of the best or worst product placements or sponsorships known to man through Disney and I was trying to think about it. So I don't know if anyone's got any uh, that was sort of really tenuously linked. Um, and I was trying to think of some. I suppose you've got FedEx at um, at Spaceship, uh, not Spaceship Earth, Space Mountain. I think if you do one of the um, um, Animal Kingdom tours, one of the backstage tours, there's a big advert for a, a solar panel company or something like right, that. Right, okay. That's an, um, an interesting it's one. a bit blatant. <laughs> I think the worst one's Coke. Why do you say Coke? Or with the because they don't Coke pay Coke? for their Coke products, and then they sell them at a ridiculous price. Yeah, and I just think mm. that that's just taking the Mickey. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> literally, so that that's the one that gets me. You know, they sell it everywhere, and they don't pay for it, but they still charge you full price for it. Right, okay. that one that annoys me. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking. Not Disney Coke. Yeah. Looking through the D-Coke. list of Disney sponsors uh, and some of the different ones that they've had or got. So you've got like Hasbro was the official toy and game company of the Walt Disney World and Disneyland Resort. That's an interesting one. Um, Hunt Wesson was the official popcorn. Um, you've got oh wow, we've got loads here. Hanes t-shirts. They're now everywhere. They're yeah. America with the Disney t-shirts. Kellogg's rather was than the Disney official himself. sponsor of breakfast at the Walt Disney World Resorts. Uh, you've got wow. There's just there's the list here is endless. Um, 
I'm trying to think sponsors of you've got um, Underwriters Laboratories had, were there apparently at one point you've got uh, Whirlpool um, these are obviously the official credit card company um, uh, you've got uh, maybe it's Dole sort of spends too much time there the National, National Association of Underwater Instructors sponsored the Shark Reef at Typhoon Lagoon that's a good one why would they need to advertise? <laughs> Seriously, why? Would you never they? know when you might need them. Well, well, yeah, but I don't know. Uh, Frito Lay—they providers of all salty snacks in uh, Walt Disney World at one point. Um, Hagen Dars are in there. You've got oh, there's just loads. There's hun- this list is endless. Energizer, the official battery and flashlights of Walt Disney World. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and Coachman with the official recreational vehicle of Fort Wilderness Resort and Disney's Wide World of Sports. That's just a weird list. Weird list of different things. But I don't mind Starbucks coming in. I know there's people that don't particularly like it, but uh, I don't have an issue with Starbucks at all. If you want to join in with the show, contact us, anything like that, you can do. You can get hold of us at DisneyBrit over on Twitter. You can also email us radio at DisneyBrit.com and you can get over us on our Facebook page if you want to join in. If you've got some weird or wonderful sponsors that you can think of as we're going through, then do tweet us, anything like that. We will read those out on the show. We have to apologise to a couple of listeners who, on our Facebook page, did complain the other day that apparently the Craig Duncan Soul Show advert is too loud and does make their ears bleed. Um, so we'll try and bring the volume down for that. Or Craig could just do it live. No, Craig? Yeah. Sorry, do what? I yeah. missed that. You were fading out. Oh, the volume for what's too loud? Um, your volume's uh, so too loud. The so volume for <laughs> what's too loud? Your, your uh, advert's a little bit too loud on uh, oh, when we do it. I'm so, sorry. That's why you didn't get nominated for the Best Produced Podcast Award, because that was really bad. I noticed that, and that's why I voted for Ricky. I don't care. <laughs> anyway, let's do some news and rumours. <laughs> Good morning, sire. Good morning, Zazu. Checking in with the morning report. Fire away. Right, let's do some news and rumours then. There's loads of stuff that's been going on in Walt Disney World over the past couple of weeks. We're going to fill you in on all of those things that are going on. So I'm going to start off in Disney's Hollywood Studios because Pirates of the Caribbean, The Legend of Captain Jack Sparrow opens December 6th. And uh, over on the Disney Parks blog, they have been talking about all of this that's been going on. And apparently there has been some previews going on over the past week. But just to let you know, this is what they said on the Parks blog. said, our friends at Walt Disney Imagineering just shared these first renderings of what you can expect at this new walkthrough attraction, which is officially opens on December 6th. Guests will journey deep into the eerie lost grottos where a mysterious pirate skull puts them uh, to the test to see if they have what it takes to set sail with the legendary Captain Jack Sparrow. Along the way, they must face all the perils of a pirate's life as their favourite moments from the films come to life before their very eyes. Just say that previews would begin late November, if they actually have, and December 6th is the brand new opening. Anyone, um, what do you think? Is this too late for Pirates of the Caribbean? Is this another Narnia where the hype has gone and they've just filled it with something that probably shouldn't be there? I don't think so, because um, you've got the ride, obviously, over in Magic Kingdom, so people know what Pirates is, and it's quite a big franchise. So I think that 
I don't think it's going to be like Narnia, which wasn't so big and it got forgotten about. And then obviously Disney didn't continue making the Narnia films. And I think it looks really, really exciting, actually. But I'm a Pirates fan, so... You're you're a Pirates fan. I know you're a big Pirates, big pirates fan, fan, aren't you? <laughs> um, Alan, what about you? Are you um, a, a big enough Pirates fan? Do you think this would be something you'd want to um, sort yeah, of go and see? I, th- I think it's going to be... Well, it's going to be a hell of a lot better than um, Prince Caspian, for sure. But um, I think it's going to be along the lines of a decent standalone attraction. A bit like... The other pirates of the Caribbean, but obviously with a more of a walkthrough experience, it's going to. If if you like Pirates of the Caribbean and the Magic Kingdom, you, you're going to like this one, aren't you? Well, you would think so, yeah. That, that hopefully that's going to be it. Now, Craig, have you just posted a YouTube video up? I uh, have. Yeah, there is... was uh, as you said, the previews opened a few days ago. Yeah, uh, literally, I think two days after I left, uh, they were just finishing the mural when I was there, and it looks amazing. Some parts of it are hand drawn as well. I don't know what elements of it but there were people up ladders with paintbrushes doing it but the the guys that have been through and seen it and and ricky briganti has posted yeah. a full video walkthrough of um of it and it just looks amazing it absolutely looks amazing they use projection technology that it just you know narnia was great just cold it was a good place to call off but yeah this just looks like something that the pirate boys are gonna love well, I was sort of going to say, because I haven't actually looked at any of it yet. I've not had a chance to look at the video yet. And if you are listening to this live on Orlando Sky Radio, we've just tweeted that out. So you'll be able to go and find that link now and look at that as we're going. Um, what You've seen the video. Is this better than Narnia? Because I haven't seen it yet. Oh, yeah, it's a lot better than Narnia. Yeah, I mean, it's don't forget, the thing about Narnia that got me was the height, yeah. how tall this was. How, you know, it's a big kind of soundstage you're in. And this yeah. really looks like it fills it. Um, it looks great. It looks brilliant. Even from the entrance, kind of the pre-show to going in, looks really, really good. Okay, I'm quite intrigued to see what this is going to be like. So I'm going to check that video out a little while later uh, and see what we think about it. But uh, I'm glad you were finding that video. I'm, I'm impressed. Um, <laughs> so let's move on, and we're going over to Epcot, and there's some test track details, I believe, Alan. Yeah, that's right. They've um, well, they didn't. They've um, reimagined it. Test track presented by Chevrolet, and it's still a few weeks away from opening. But there's been a sneak preview of the attraction of what you're going to experience in the um, the pre queue area, anyway. And from what I understand, you're going to be designing your own car. Now you're going to come across to like I think what's going to be like a little station, like a design desk or something like that, where you'll be asked to make a few selections to create your unique vehicle. Um, you'll be asked to draw the outline of your vehicle. Uh, don't worry if you don't have the steadiest hand because you get a chance to smooth it out if you want to. I'm, I'm going to make a very lumpy car, make it extra un-aerodynamic. Um, next, you'll be asked to make some choices uh, and adjust the shape, length, width of your vehicle. They you move on, you select the engine type, and you've got loads of different options that you can choose to. Oh, sorry, I've got a text. I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's so professional, isn't he? Uh, is that is that your text tone? Sorry, Al. Go on, buddy. It's, it's all right. I, I'll I'll deal with it. Um, <laughs> We're gonna so have to. You, you have a choice. You get to design the shape of your car. All the loads of different things. Um, you can even actually choose what sort of um, powered car it's going to be. Um, whether it's like a electric vehicle, um, gas engine, or a solar pa- solar panel fueled car, which I think is going to be a weird slow version. Yeah, that sounds very strange. <laughs> Um, you can choose the colours, like all sorts of different things. 
Now, the first thing that sort of I saw on this was it said that draw the shape of your vehicle and you get a chance to smooth it out. Now, right. if you've got a bit of OCD like me, you're going to be slowing that queue down, aren't you? Five <laughs> hours later, oh, just a little bit more rounder. But I think you're, there's actually put a timer on this as well, so you, if, you, sounds, if you spend too long designing the, the shape of your car, you're probably going like to end up with standard features um, for the rest of your car. Sounds like a little bit like the old Cyberspace Mountain. Yeah, yeah. they're like that. So it sounds oh. like they're taking that technology. I went on that and um, I got told my ride was too girly. <laughs> <laughs> who told you that? Just put loads of straight sections. So who, who told you that? Um, the cast members have put... Oh, right, it was actually a cast said, member. Do you want to redesign that? Dunks, is that really your text tone? Yeah, yeah, please. Thank Does anybody you else have any Disney yeah, text tones? Hold on, where is it? That is genuinely <laughs> your text tone. You never had this phone at all, really. Has anybody else got any Disney text tones? Well, we'll, we'll indulge everyone for a minute. Go I normally get told off. No, go on, you can do right, it. Right, so this is my text tone. Hold on. Right, and then when uh, when it rings, just so that you can tell I'm a properly kind of geek. Hold on, where do I go down to? Uh, I saw on text zone, isn't it? I'll go back to ringtones. Ready? Yeah, go on. <laughs> there you go. Brilliant. So you might, hold on, let me just shut that. You might get this. When work rings me. Yeah. When the office, I get this. Happy working time, brilliant. <laughs> and do you know, Adam, you've got your own ringtone. Oh, well. what is it? You've got your own one, Ad. Here we go. Go on. Hey! You got it, haven't you? Yeah, of course you have. Sun's in the sky, so much to do. Oh, it's such a. There you go. Anybody oh, think... the phone gets that. Oh, now he's, now, now he's got a text message coming through. He's going to make a beeping noise on the phone. I have before, so you, you can put them on your iPhone. Uh, my one... I'm quite happy is... you can put them in um, up on the website for anybody who wants them. Okay, my text tone is this. Nobody gets that, do they? No. I'll play once more. <laughs> Anyone? Startors. Yeah, that's my text tone. Whenever my phone goes, everyone's like, that's cool, what's that? Okay. Well, it's actually the uh, announcement tone from Start of the Get Get Shop. Right, talking about Shop, Kaz, celebration <laughs> at Walt Disney World, the new nighttime <laughs> show. Uh, what we got going on? Well, we're heading over to the Magic Kingdom where they've got a new evening show involving projections on the castle called Celebrate the Magic. Back in August, they uh, told us on Disney blog that this thing was coming. It's going to be a new nighttime projection show. Uh, coming to the Magic Kingdom Park. Uh, uh, yeah, look, Celebrate the Magic praise tribute to the artistry and imagination of the Disney stories from beloved classics to contemporary favourites. As the show begins, Tinkerbell appears to fly around Cinderella Castle, weaving in and out of the turrets. She splashes pixie dust on the castle, transforming it into a spectacular piece of living art. As the dust subsides, we are taken back to the beginnings of pencil animation and we see Walt Disney, the original magic marker drawing Mickey Mouse, with a little magic from Tinkerbell, Walt's paintbrush flies off the page, comes to life, creating imagery that carries us away on a fantastic journey. We travel down the rabbit hole with Alice, soar high above the big top with Dumbo, and visit the African savannah with Simba. 
Our adventure takes us into worlds of Pirates of the Caribbean and Brave, and at one point, Cinderella's castle even was even reimagined in an 8-bit video game uh, for Wreck-It Ralph. The nice. whole show comes full circle for a magic finale filled with wonder and emotion. So I think this is going to be really wicked. I saw um, some projection stuff at Disneyland when I was out there, and I've never seen it in Florida yet. Yeah. But the 8-bit thing looks amazing. Yeah, I can imagine it would do. Um, Craig, you've seen Wreck-It Ralph, haven't you? Yeah. I saw it yesterday. It's awesome. I know it doesn't come out here until February. Uh, but honestly, it's so good. And that 8-bit stuff would look, must look awesome on the castle. Mm. This sounds really good. I love the fact they've got Brave in there. We've got Wreck-It Ralph and all the sort of the new stuff in there as well, mm. which is really cool. And they're going to have seasonal um, updates as well. So Because obviously with this technology, um, it's really easy to update it for seasonal things. So yeah. they've got special Christmas segments coming to it. And in the summer, they're going to have Lilo and Little Mermaid, which is amazing because they're my favourites. Cool. And um, and Halloween, they're going to obviously have all the Disney villains taking over the castle. Now, Craig, you were never a fan of the Magic Memories in you, were you? Hey, me? Yeah. No, I hated it. Yeah. Um, well, that's a strong word to use. I, lo- <laughs> I, lo- I, I loathed it to the point of dislike. No, I really didn't like it. I didn't like that. I thought it was a bit tacky and it was it was like a test of this system. And I have seen, I saw Celebrate the Magic twice when we were there, actually, in the same night. Right. Uh, okay. And it is amazing. It is awesome. And we stood in different positions because I wanted to spy where the projectors were. Yeah. And they're on top of the, um, some of them are on top of the Tomorrowland Terrace. Oh, okay. Um, the noodle station and they come straight over and you, the, at night when it's clear you see this fantastic i took a picture of it fantastic yeah. light coming out over um, but the music works well it, it it's projected actually twice it's once on the side of the castle where you're coming over the bridge mm. uh, and then it's also a main street so you can get to see it from two positions if oh, it's, if, it, which is quite nice and it's the same thing but really really did enjoy it. i thought it was ace now have you seen any videos of disney dreams in disneyland paris nope so you, I don't know whether you'd be able to compare those two because I haven't seen the Celebrate the Magic stuff either. Um, it just sounds amazing though. I'm, I'm pleased they have changed the, the Magic Memories in you. The Magic Memories in you work well, but it would have been nice. It's nice to have to see that they've updated that and added something different to it as well, which is cool. Right, let's take a break. We are going to uh, just uh, take a very quick break and then we're going to be back with some more news and rumours from around Walt Disney World. Join us back here in two seconds. <laughs> Attraction Tickets Direct is the UK's number one ticket provider for Disney, Universal, and the worlds of Discovery Parks. They offer unbeatable prices and expert advice on all the major tickets and attractions in Orlando, California, and Paris. The service Attraction Tickets Direct provides is second to none. Lines are open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. seven days a week. Customers receive real tickets, not vouchers, within seven days. And there are no hidden extras, such as credit card fees or posted surcharges. Now that's what you call great service. Log on to www.attractionticketsdirect.com or call toll-free on 0800-975-0002. Hi everyone, this is Craig Duncan. Please come and join me for my soul show every Sunday at 9 o'clock UK, 4pm Eastern. You'll only find me on Orlando Sky Radio. Come by and say hi. Hi. 
Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. Howdy, folks. Please keep your hands and arms inside the train and remain seated at all times. Now then, hang on to them hats and glasses, because this here's the wildest ride in the wilderness. Yes, the Disney Whip Radio Show, live on Orlando Sky Radio. You can join in if you tweet us at Disney Brit, get us on Facebook. And, of course, you can email us, radio at disneybrit.com. Let's carry on with some news, then. We've already been talking about the new nighttime show. We've been talking about Starbucks. We've talked about loads of stuff. But let's uh, move on a little bit further. And we're going to be talking about New Fantasyland. I'm not going to say too much right now, because I know Craig's going to fill us in on New Fantasyland a little bit later. But uh, all the previews have been going really, really well. The cast members have been. The pass holders have been. Those people who went early enough are lucky enough to have gone in. Those people who are cheeky enough to go and ask a cast member about whether they can go in they shouldn't do have also been in a hey, craig um it wasn't me <laughs> well it wasn't you and was previews are now open to all guests They're open from today so if you have not been yet and you really want to go then do head over to magic kingdom and you can enjoy the uh, the wonders that is new fantasy land before its official opening on the 6th of december just so you know that's open from now on right let's move on we're looking at thanksgiving and we're looking at the diamond horseshoe alan Yes, I love that Diamond Horseshoe, if I had a horse. The Magic Kingdom's Diamond Horseshoe will be open for the busy Thanksgiving period on select days as a quick-service lunch and table-service dinner location. Starting for quick-service lunch, 11 till 3 p.m. tomorrow, November the 17th. Is that right? Have I just dated that wrong? Uh, You may have done. (laughs) Through to uh, November 21st, and then November the 23rd, to November 24th so it's actually just a oh right okay that's me making a big mistake there it's uh, Thanksgiving that, that's right that's, that's I was just the about to say that's not many days is it <laughs> so you read right, this okay, new the story restaurant before we started as a table service uh, location on November 22nd 11am till 9.30pm is, is that about for Thanksgiving day we're so professional <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Craig's got probably no got his head in his hands. Doing, but I'm sure it's going to be good. <laughs> Where do you going to get your food from, though? What do you mean? In Diamond Horseshoe? Yeah. Where isn't there the food available in there? Isn't that the whole point? I, I don't know. When I, I'm sure when I went in there, did they not just have some sort of dancing Halloween thing going on? They used to have, like, a quick service area that, if I remember you walked in, it was to the right. And Could you be. would... And there was, like, just sort of... Um, cabinets there and things like that and they would serve you from behind that and then you would Craig do you remember yeah it's, uh, it was open in the summer actually for one of the days I went right. in and they were standing outside with menus because I think people were so shocked that it was open yeah and I know they've opened uh, it next week times. after it wasn't so we didn't we thought oh we'll go there next time yeah okay so did you go. no because it was closed <laughs> <laughs> So we'll have to go. We'll have to fly over for Thanksgiving on Thursday, and we'll go then. Okay, I'm, I'm quite up for that. If anybody else is up for for joining uh, joining Craig over there, that'd be lovely. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, right, okay. So that's Diamond Horseshoe. When's that open, Alec? 
Um, Thanksgiving. Oh, right. Thanks. Just checking. Uh, so that's Thanksgiving. <laughs> okay. Uh, I understand that well, the animals have got internet access. Yes. So um, completing the rollout of the free Wi-Fi at Walt Disney World, they're uh, bringing it finally to Animal Kingdom so you can snap all your pictures on Safari and Facebook them to your friends and make people jealous. There we go. So you can just like send photos of animals to people. Mm-hmm. Which and you then, do and apparently zoo. downtown Disney is also expected to come online by the end of the year. So now then that's it will be full access everywhere. That's really interesting about because time. downtown Disney is a free access location, whereas the others are the parks. So I'm quite, mm. it's quite interesting that they've, uh, they've included downtown Disney. Uh, how, did you use any of this free Wi-Fi while you were over there, Craig? I did, and it was uh, very, very fast. In fact, I sat in the um, Main Street Bakery, hadn't taken the first time I went to Fantasy Land, took a load of photos and yeah. uploaded them on my iPhone via iPhoto to Facebook, thinking it would take oh, ages wow. like it does at home, and it was super quick. No, brilliant. And you really what? To... In fact, I'd, you know, I'd love Juzzy to be here to explain how they can get, you know, coverage at three bars everywhere you walk, and I can't even get it downstairs in my house. <laughs> yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah, I don't know how I mean, it just, it was so good. You know, what actually, what was clever about it, it didn't, for those that think, because it does drain the battery on the phone, uh, as soon as I kind of got out of the house, I turned off, in fact, I was on 4G because my phone had roamed over to AT&T, right. yeah. but I turned off the 4G until I got to the parks and then Wi-Fi came on and that was great and it stayed on and you get Disney guests come up and you just press a little, little screen button comes out and you press OK to accept terms. Yeah. But... As soon as you kind of put you put your phone locked or put it in your pocket, the Wi-Fi turns off. So when you then open your phone up again, mm-hmm. it takes a couple of seconds for the Wi-Fi to come back on again. So it's not constantly on, which I think is a good thing. And did mm. you even you stream your story time with Belle? Yeah, and that was on their Wi-Fi. Just sat there, and that was inside the new fantasy land, inside wow. Maurice's cottage, then inside the pre-show, then inside the library where its show was, and I had perfect three bars. Same with the Osborne lights. I did some of that as well. Because I don't think people, some people I don't think quite saying, oh, free Wi-Fi, brilliant, that's great, wonderful. Um, it kind of it makes a massive difference to, certainly as from the UK, as you've just said, mm. you know, you took a load of photos in your fantasy land, you sat down for a drink in the Main Street Bakery, and you could upload your photos immediately. Well, the other thing is Debs has got an iPhone as well, so she doesn't even turn roaming on which service, she doesn't make calls, but she took yeah. it with her, and we could text each other on iMessage for oh, of free. Of course. So, yeah, you know, there is that. It does work. It does work well. So and you can use touring plans. You know, you can use mm. the Disney yeah. mo- the the Disney app, which is very good because it even shows you a map of where you are, which is great detail. If you haven't seen the new My Disney Experience app that replaced mm. Mobile Magic, the mm. new one is very very good, and that works brilliantly. You know, you for the Osborne Lights, we used it to try and work out exactly where we were kind of standing because it was people everywhere and we wanted to be in the right area. And we got the map up and looked and moved, and it just followed you with a little dot. Perfect. Which is brilliant. And especially, I know, you know, people in the US, they get their data allowance and they can use that. But certainly when we take our phone over there, we haven't got the allowance without it costing us more fortune. And all of a sudden, we've got access to absolutely everything while we're walking through the parks, uh, which is brilliant, which is really, really useful. Uh, they haven't got it in Disneyland yet, have they, Kez? No. I was no, always yeah. struggling to find, like, things on Wi-Fi. They do have it at the hotels. Yeah. So if you literally sit in any of the um, restaurants and stuff that are in the hotels or yeah. stand right next to Gri- Grizzly River Run, which is where the California, at the back of the, I think it's a Californian hotel. Yeah. Uh, if you stand by the back of that, you can just about pick up, like, one bar. 
Okay, so they're not quite catch, caught up there, but certainly the, the stuff in the Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Epcot, Disney Hollywood Studios is, is fantastic. So good, that's what we like to hear. Um, we're getting back to New Fantasyland uh, because they have put online the menus that you can get while you're in the Be Our Guest restaurant. Again, we're going to come back to Craig in a little while because he has indeed had the opportunity to go to the Be Our Guest restaurant. And uh, the fast casual lunch, because for those who don't know, there's two types. There's a casual lunch and then there's the sit-down dinner in the evening. Um, If you're looking for a lunch menu, they've got soups on, French onion and potato leek. They've got tuna niçoise salad, a carved turkey sandwich, a croque monsieur, which is basically a ham and cheese like grilled sandwich i suppose um you've got grilled steak sandwich you've got uh quino queen quinoa sorry like, i should have read this shouldn't i shallot and chive <laughs> salad a vegetable quiche and a braised pork cocker van style with desserts of strawberry cream cheese cupcake chocolate cream puff passion fruit cream puff a triple chocolate cupcake a lemon meringue cupcake and a lemon raspberry cream puff as well so they're the sort of things that you can get for a main meal. In the evening, we've got obviously a professional-looking proper uh, sit-down menu with your entrees and your starters and all those sort of things as well. It's where it starts to get a little bit different with your appetizers. You get things like cured meats and sausages. You get the onion soup again, mussels, garden salad, and a seasonal salad trio. And then your main courses, you get things such as time-scented pork rack chop, a rotisserie Cornish hen, pan-seared salmon, grilled strip steak, sautéed shrimp and scallop, or layered ratatouille, and then desserts, actually, funnily enough, are pretty much the same as what you would expect uh, during the day. So that's some of the elements there. You've got drinks, men- separate drinks menus with all the wines, and there's loads of different wines on here, obviously all French, as you would expect them to be. But interestingly, out of all of the French ones you've got on there, uh, you've actually got two that uh, I think I can see aren't French. You've got the Freemark Abbey Merlot from Napa Valley and, interestingly, the Lassiter family sent a million red blend. I wonder who that might belong to. That seems to have made it onto the menu as well. The kids have also got their own menu uh, and at the moment, I believe, it's got a bit of a Tinkerbell-looking uh, twist to it along with Santa Paws, I think, on the other page. So they get like a little activity sheet and on there they get what is... Um, an interesting looking combination turkey meatloaf with broccoli florets and zucchini or a grilled fish of the day with uh, rice and vegetables and then they get the usual beverages that you would expect entrees can also include a grilled steak grilled chicken breast or a whole grain macaroni as you would expect normally happens and then they've got pretty much the same desserts there as well uh, craig I'll, i will come to you a little bit later to talk to us about this restaurant um i know i've certainly heard good things about it so far and hopefully uh, it'll continue to do really really well but craig will come to you in a bit about uh okay about that now last piece of news alan something to do with a mysterious portrait Yes, um, the Disney Parks blog decided to release a picture that Imagineering has painted of a mysterious gentleman. The gentleman who looks a little bit like Tony Baxter, some people have said. Um, it is Tony is... Baxter. Not a little bit. It is him, surely. Well, I'm just trying to set the pitch, you know. Sorry, I just If you it. said it was Tony Baxter, it would be like, what's the attraction? It's going to be Tony Baxter's <laughs> house. But no... He's, he's holding onto like a walking cane that looks like it's got a big golden fist sort of welded onto the top of it. And they, they didn't really want to leave too much information about it. But they've given him one hint, which is his obsession with gold will ultimately lead him to his ruin. And um, on the Parks blog, it's allowed people to obviously do their comments. And um, 
a certain Mr. Mongello was um, straight in there saying, yes. could it be from Big Thunder Mountain? I wonder. Well, they've released a bit more information today. The name of the guy is Barnabas T. Bullion, and he is the founder and president of the Big Thunder Mountain Company. Now, the idea is that this is going to be part of the the queuing area where they're developing up this interactive queuing area. Yeah. Mm. And it's going to set a little bit more of the story. And the idea is that um, Barnabas T. Bullion, um, the founder of the mining company, is a bit obsessed about mining for gold. And um, he goes looking for it. And he is so obsessed about getting the gold from Big Thunder Mountain that it's going to be as ultimately his downfall because apparently Big Thunder Mountain seems to have some sort of curse on it or something mm. like that. So um, he keeps finding streaks of gold and um, something's going to happen to him, I think. This but sounds very interesting. Don't know. They, they have left you with a bit of word of warning, though. Look out for runaway trains. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, that's convenient. Um, interesting. So they're talking and about... if you're in Paris, look out for fallen boulders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 that's harsh. Uh, this is quite interesting because... Um, does anybody know the story of the of Big Thunder Mountain in Disneyland Paris? I know that there's something to do with a thunderbird. That's right, yeah. Um, basically, there was Henry Ravenswood, who is the owner of Phantom Manor in Frontierland, and he also owned the mine that were, that is Big Thunder Mountain. There was supposed to be an, an Indian ritual or, or Indian legend that said that there was a thunderbird that lived there and if anyone went into the mine that they would basically end up um waking up this thunderbird it would cause a massive earthquake it would destroy a lot of the land it would kill a lot of people all this sort of stuff and yet henry ravenswood who was this big magnate he you know he was a very rich person decided he would go and dig into the mine anyway and upset the curse and therefore causing the earthquake that that basically destroyed the town um it sounds like they may have taken the story a little bit from what we know from Disneyland Paris and altered it slightly because I know we've got this, the, the town of Tumbleweed in uh, Walt Disney World. Um, so I wonder whether they've sort of taken the Disneyland Paris story and tweaked it a little bit. Could quite possibly have done. They won't, won't have done it to the level that they're going to do it. They've done it in Disneyland Paris, though. No, because that um, took over an entire land. Yeah, um, it's, um, like even in the gift shops, there's sort of mineshaft lifts and yes. stuff like that yeah um just didn't like the storyline he said it's the french's fault there we go <laughs> brilliant okay well that's all of our news and rumors we're gonna take a quick break uh if you've got anything you want to share with anything you've heard in those news and rumors that you want to share you can tweet us at disney brit you can also send us a, an email radio at disney or get hold of us over on our facebook page somebody's phone's going off again um you can check all of those out and we will be back in a second to find out a little bit more about craig's opinion of new Fantasyland. we have visual contact go 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 Make way for the big howdy, partners. Climb aboard. Carnivores versus pork bellies. You're on, old school. Your mission, get there. The all-new attraction, Toy Story Mania. It's 4D, which is one better than 3D. Uh, security. Uh. Eh, works every time. Now at Disney's Hollywood Studios. This is Orlando Sky Radio. 
everyone. This is Yeehaw Bob Jackson from Walt Disney's Port Orleans Riverside Resort. And I'm giving a big shout-out to all my friends listening to Orlando Sky Radio. Want to keep up to date with all the latest Disney news and rumors? Then make sure to check out www.disneybrit.com, your number one source for the magical world of Disney. Gorge, howdy, this is your old pal Goofy, and no one's here right now to take your call, so (laughs) call back later, or uh, leave a message, even better. (laughs) This is the Disney Radio Show, live on Orlando Sky Radio, you join me, you join Kez, you join Alan, and you join Craig as we are delving through the world of Walt Disney and the Disney parks. We've already been through our news and rumours, and uh, we're going to go to Craig, because Craig has uh, once again been out on his jollies to Walt Disney World, and you know, has obviously regaled us with his stories, and has posted every five seconds on Facebook about the wonderful places he's been, while we've all been working extremely hard including his Disney cruise. But he's had the opportunity to go to New Fantasyland. He's also had the opportunity to eat and be our guest. So first off, I think, you know, we've heard a lot of opinion from a lot of American people who are saying how much they love New Fantasyland and how wonderful it is. But it'll be interesting to see from a Brit's point of view whether or not uh, you think, Craig, it's just as wonderful as everybody else did. So do you want to talk us through a little bit about your experience in New Fantasyland and what you've had a chance to try out and uh, what your sort of family's opinion of it is? Sure. Well, uh, I think most people realise that Storybook Circus, the Fantasyland is in kind of three elements, the new part of it. Storybook Circus has been open for some while. It was open in the summer, so we kind of dealt with that. This time we were looking at the Forbidden Forest kind of side of it, where you've got um, Belle, Little Mermaid, Ariel and the Beast and Gaston. Uh, they're still building the mine train. That's coming on quite significantly. You can see that area of it. but So they're still kind of building that bit. Now, we're now annual pass holders, which meant we were allowed to do a preview. That sold, kind of sold out, although it was free, but the tickets went literally within like three hours. It was just amazing how many people wanted to go in. So Disney then kind of contacted a number of people they could see were trying to get them, and they contacted us, and they got us another date. So we had that date booked. But one of the days we went into the Magic Kingdom, they were doing uh, cast member previews, and we kind of walked up to, you go through the new gates of the, the castle, the castle walls, you walk through and we kind of see everybody going in with their sheets of paper and their wristbands. And Alex went up to one of the cast members and said, oh, who's going in today? And they said, oh, it's cast members, but would you like to come in, sweetheart? And she just, oh, yes, please. So she went and got <laughs> us and we, we went in. So the first thing Believe that you it. noticed or that I noticed about this was the level of detail from floor to, to the top of your eye line. So you look at the floor and the floor has got uh, horse horseshoe markings in it's got cart markings where carts have been pulled through so there's none of this kind of red concrete slab down the middle of main street that's great for photographs the detail is from the floor all the way up to your eye line now at the moment the only thing i would say that kind of puts you off a little bit is as you're walking through and the first thing you come to is the maurice's cottage and the story time with bell area but you can see the contemporary and you can see space mountain which I'm sure will change in time. So that's kind of the first thing that everybody kind of noticed. But it's a very green area. Uh, it's it just everything is detailed. So the, as you go into the preview, 
there were cast members everywhere talking to you, saying bonjour, and you try and say a couple of words back to them in French, and they look at you like you've walked off a spaceship, which is quite funny. <laughs> uh, ah, ça va bien, monsieur, toi, salut, and all of this. And uh, they didn't like it. So anyway, they, they t- kind of tell you where to go, and they say, oh, you know, please come over and, and do story time with Belle. So you go in, and you kind of walk through Belle or Maurice's cottage's garden. So you walk through the garden, uh, and the queue's lovely. It's a, it's a very tight queue. It's very kind of tight-winding. It's a bit similar actually adam if you remember to when we were queuing to go into harry potter that time to the forbidden journey oh, the, you walk the through the outside of the castle and you're kind of very tight coming back on yourself yeah the conservatory very much area. like that you then get called in 40 people at a time into uh, like the, i suppose the living room of of the cottage and there's a fireplace and there's some books open and you get a little time to spend in there and the, the cutest thing in there that every kid will do and i've seen uh, even that Craig Speed posted photographs of his girls doing it when he went in there. There is a a, a, a markings on the wall of how tall Belle was at different years or Anne's. So, you know, Alex is equivalent to 14 and, and Kieran was 10. So you get every photograph taken of that. You then get called into another room, which is Maurice's workshop. And this is where something that happened that just completely blew me away. I purposely hadn't seen anything. I didn't want to look at anything, read anything. And you go in and there's two cast members in there telling you the story of of the cottage and telling you this is where all the blueprints were and there are, you know, drawing boards everywhere. And then on the wall is a mirror and it's just a plain gilt-edged mirror. Uh, This is kind of a spoiler alert for those, so just be wary. Uh, And then they tell the story about the the mirror was a gift from the beast and it's where Maurice can see Belle wherever he wants to and let's look into the mirror. And then all of a sudden the mirror has all kind of green lights go around it and uh, the whole lighting in the room changes. And then uh, and this the first time this happened, nobody in the room realised it had happened. This is what was so cool about it. The mirror then changes into a doorway uh, and it drops down and opens up and then everybody's kind of looking and the cast members just kind of just backs off and just walks backwards and says come with me let's go through and everyone's going how the hell did that happen nobody saw it it was only the second time i went that you could you you're looking for it and you see how it happens you know the bottom drops away and it gets wider but the first time was just pure magic i have never seen any sort of imagineering like that before it was superb you then go into another waiting room and there's uh, the cupboard uh, and on top of it is, I don't know the character from Beauty and the Beast. I should have wake the kids up and they could tell me. Uh, and there's kind of getting everybody involved now. So there are there's 40 people in this room and there are 40 parts if you want it. Okay. But they go around talking and they want people to roar and they pick a you know a little boy to be the beast and then they pick Mrs. Potts and everybody gets a character and gets a, a prop. You then go through to, and this is very it's clever, there's actually two libraries, so they can run two of these at a time. Ah. Now, these rooms, I don't know if you've seen the pictures, Adam, I yes. that I've put up, but these are the most magnificent library buildings I have seen. And uh, the second time we went in, we took some time looking around. All the books are real in this library. They're, they're kind of behind a mesh, but you can get your finger in and move them, you know, so you know that there's like, like a book in there. Hmm. And then you sit down on these kind of four benches. All of the cast has been given seats at the front. And then Lumiere is sitting on top of a, uh, a mantelpiece, a beautiful mantelpiece. And I've seen many kind of tweets, but people that have been to the previews, and nobody can work out how Lumiere works. It is amazing. Every part of him moves. He even rises up off of the mantelpiece, talking to you, telling you the story. And then Belle walks through beautiful kind of le- uh, yellow dress and then they relive the story so they you know everyone gets involved 
the first time we did it, Kieran got picked to be the beast. The second time he refused to do it because part of the thing the beast has to do is he has to dance with Belle. Now, not many eight-year-old boys want to dance with girls. So the second time he refused to make any noise and stood at the back and everything. That was quite funny. So, and then right at the very end, she gives out these, uh, everybody comes in. There's a photo pass photographer there taking pictures, but you can take pictures of video and the lighting's great free wi-fi everything else is in there uh, and then she comes around and she gives everybody a special bookmark and has photographs taken with prince and the princesses and she has a little cuddle with all the little kids and you're not rushed at all it's a great way of doing it and at the end you get given and i've got three of them here a special photo pass card that you can't actually use anywhere else because it doesn't have a barcode on the back it's just got a number with all the photographs that were taken and they give you that so that's oh, wow. kind of the first part that was I, the girls were just you know, the boys thought it was cool. They didn't like the dancing part. So, Craig. But that was really good. You then walk out of there, and the next kind of bit you come to is the village, where you have Gaston's tavern, you have uh, the, the village shop, and then outside you have a fountain where Gaston is standing around, and he, you know, he is a big guy that they picked to do it, you know, because he's not got a kind of face mark on it. He's, it's his face in a body, and this guy's got to be 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, built you know, like a beefcake, like a football player. Uh, and he's very, very funny. You know, he's standing with the, with the kids going, aren't I handsome? And look at me and, and doing his guns and everything else. The Gaston Tavern is quite a cool building. And in there they sell the Lafro brew, um, which we had, which is lovely. And it's, uh, they're obviously equivalent of butterbeer and trying to get in i think on that market uh, and they do two versions of it one is just under five dollars in a plastic cup or you can buy the souvenir kind of mug for lads or a goblet for a princess and that's ten dollars and it's a frozen apple juice with cinnamon drink and on top of it they put a foam made of pineapple and mango uh, and i can imagine it was nice the day we went but in the summer that is going to be the killer. That stuff is going to be absolutely superb. Uh, and, you know, for five bucks, it's as cheap as a smoothie over in Tomorrowland. Um, but it is quite a small building. There are places to sit down and there's a dartboard and there is, you know, some other things around the, the tavern. It kind of goes to the sides as well. So the actual counter is quite shallow, but there's rooms around the side you can go and sit down. Um, so, and they've also got the the ham, the, the pork shank in there that you can buy, which we didn't try. Right. And then you've got the village shop. Now, the village shop, when we went in there, they were limiting people to any kind of three or four items because it was on preview. But that was very, very good. They had some great artwork in there if you're a collector of, especially of paintings and pictures of the castle that were put in a print for like $35, you know, kind of like Larry Dobson style, that sort of stuff. They had maybe six or seven different versions of that. They had some great crockery their Wedgwood-based crockery um, with the little rose in. They had some great little gadgets, some enchanted mirrors, some cool tools. And for boys, they had, which Kieran ended up buying, a shield and a sword and kind of boys' stuff as well. So they had bits for everything in there. So that's quite cool to mill around there, and it's quite cool to be by the fountain. You then just take a little walk a bit further around, and then you've got the Voyage of the Little Mermaid ride. And again, the detail in the queue area is is something else there are crystals in the rock it looks like it's just you know the bog standard big thunder mountain orange rock but when you look closer there's crystals there's crabs there's all sorts of things and it's actually an interactive cue element to it as well where you can 
sea lord crabs point out and you can flick them away and do all these different things with them which is really <laughs> cool the ride itself Kez you would have seen the one in Disneyland apparently mm. it, is, it is exactly the same um, but really really good really really good then you walk through uh, you do the kind of ride uh, I love the under the sea part where it transfers you in a doom buggy down to under the sea and then the last bit is Ariel's Grotto which is a, a nice kind of cue you meet Ariel she sits on a has can have a kid either side so that's kind of the fantasy land it is very green it is very wide and it is very detailed and I like it but I know Adam that all you really care about is the food of course so <laughs> So be our guest. Uh, you can when you walk up to be our guest restaurant. There's a podium outside, which which is where you do your check in for dinner. And as you go up, they were saying, "Are you dining or are you having a look?" And if you were looking, you went on the left. So we went to the left, had a look round, and there was lots of cast members there we were talking to. Now there are three dining rooms. There is an, uh, the ballroom, the west wing, and another room which I can't remember the name of. Uh, the the ballroom is the one you have seen with the beautiful curved. Yeah. windows all the way around it and then the west wing is the very dark wing with the rose now the first time we went we just had a look round. when we went the second time uh, we actually went in for dinner uh, and we actually went in for lunch and the lunch is a bit like how you order your lunch in Pecos Bilge you get taken in you have great big kind of terminals massive great big 30 40 inch screens where you order your lunch now we were very lucky and, and i'm very grateful that we went in with len and his wife laurel uh and we did it touring plan style and he said to us you've never had lunch with us before and we went no he said well this is how we do it we have everything and we kind of <laughs> looked at him and said what he said no we have to order everything so he went through this menu just ordering everything all of the children's meals all the adults meals everything then you get given a little rose which is looks like a hockey puck with a rose imprint in the front you take your receipt you take your rose and you go and sit wherever you like. There's no kind of pre-assigned seating. You haven't collected your food. So we decided we wanted to sit in the West Wing and we had a lovely kind of big round six-seater table right by the the rose that sits there. And every 20 minutes, a bit like in T-Rex or in, you know, Rainforest, there's a show and a right. petal falls off the rose and the light's dark and everything else. Anyway, you put the receipt on your table. You then put the rose down on the table and... RFID or whatever. In fact, Lem was asking them and they wouldn't tell him. They just said it was by magic and pixie dust and everything else, <laughs> how it works. But they then bring your order to you on a cart. They know where you're sitting and they bring it out. So they laid out wow. all of this food on the table. Now, the one thing that we were really looking forward to is was the kids' meals because my kids eat mac and cheese. They will eat that. They'll eat chicken fingers. But they do quite like to eat the other stuff. The turkey meatloaf you mentioned was Kieran's favourite. Alex loved the mahi mahi fish. She thought that was really, really nice. Um, she also had a bit of the turkey sandwich. The soups were amazing. Uh, the, uh, the puddings were just, they were great big, we'd call profiteroles with all different things. My favourite one yeah. basically had lemon curd profiterole. But, uh, and the other thing is the drinks are all self-service. It's the only restaurant I've been into where you go and help yourself to a drink. The only counter service that had free refills. Uh, it was just brilliant. The food was like cruise quality food. It was that good. Really, wow. really something special. And the atmosphere was amazing. I mean, if you were there, anybody's listening that's going over, just go. Go and have lunch there. It's much cheaper than dinner, uh, but it is so worth it. Sounds amazing. There you go. 
That's amazing. And uh, you, did, you just did lunch, didn't you? You didn't do evening. No, we didn't do evening. They swapped at 2.30. So the first time we went there, we did actually have reservations for dinner. We made them. But Debs was feeling a bit kind of tired and jet-lagged, so we went off to Carabas instead. Um, it is quite expensive. You know, the strip steak is 30 bucks. Wow, but, okay. You know, it's a Disney restaurant. You do pay a bit more for them. But it's well worth going. Yeah. And it's well worth it for people who have got, um, like, boys and girls. Is it more girls or is it... It's more girl orientated. It'll be better when the mine train opens for the boys. But right. you know, there's swords and there's Gaston, and he's quite funny, and they'll enjoy it. They'll well, like it. Thank you, Craig. Thank you for telling us. We had a question we were going to answer at the end of today's show, but uh, I think we'll leave it to next week. But it's a question I really wanted to get to, and maybe you should think about it over the next week, and then you can maybe uh, email us and let us know. The question is this: Is Disney doing enough to keep Walt Disney's legacy alive? That's what I want to know. Is Disney doing enough to keep Walt Disney's legacy alive? Because I was shocked over this past week to find out something that I never thought was true. And found out something that I didn't quite expect. And I want to uh, talk to you about that next week. And uh, maybe if you've got your own opinion, you can uh, email us, radio at DisneyBrit.com. We'll get your thoughts in. Or you can tweet us at DisneyBrit. Or you can put a message on our Facebook page, what we'd love to know. Anyway, that is it. That's the end of the show. Thank you once again for joining us. I can't believe we've filled a whole hour once again waffling on about New Fantasyland and all the news and everything. But um, as I've said, if you do enjoy the show, do let us know. You can, of course, download this show via iTunes. If you go over there, you can find it and it's available as a podcast. You can uh, say email us, radiodisneybrit.com, at DisneyBrit on Twitter, and of course over on our Facebook page as well. You can also go over to our YouTube channel where we have all sorts of bits and pieces going up there. Hopefully in the next uh, few weeks, Kaz will have some bits and pieces we can put up on there as well, I would hope. Uh, and we have also want to thank Joe Hogarty again, who has been... Uh, putting up or sending us loads and loads of photos from the trips that he's made and today on our facebook page we've put about uh, 180 odd photos of new Fantasyland. plus we put some photos of cinderella castle all in its christmas beauty that you can go over and look at there and no doubt we will have more and more photos from him so do check those out you can of course also um check out eye on orlando it's um Basically, ironorlando.com and the radio show is on Sundays. You can listen to that from 5 p.m. Eastern. That's 10 p.m. UK time. And Craig, Soul Show is 9 p.m., 4 p.m. Eastern. That's right, yep. There you go. You can check that out and listen to some soul music plus everything else that's going on. Check disneybrit.com for your latest news and rumours. And that is pretty much it. So thank you once again for joining us. It really is lovely to have you. And believe it or not, the next show we are going to do it's not November, no, ladies and gentlemen. It's Christmas. December the 3rd will be the next time you will hear the Disney Brit Radio Show live on Orlando Sky Radio. Next Monday, it is the Disney Island Disc Radio Show. Come along and enjoy that. And that's pretty much it. So until next time, all we'll say is see ya. <laughs>